0: Hey y'all, welcome to Eco Chic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura and I'm a graduate student studying climate science. Eco Chic is a fun place to talk about climate change and sustainability from all different angles, but we're also just sharing personal tips on how to be a more responsible citizen of the planet. If you enjoy this episode, please go ahead and leave me a rate or subscribe on whatever your preferred listening platform is. Eco Chic is all over the internet on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you can find us, that's where we are. And rating and subscribing is just a really easy way to show your support for this podcast and help other people get in touch with it. Today we're talking with Jen Bingham. Jen is a sommelier out of Tampa, Florida, and she also owns Crew Sellers Wine Bar in Tampa. I'm really excited to be talking to her today after emailing back and forth all summer Wine is a product that is intimately affected by climate change. We've heard a lot about wildfires in California and how vineyards are being impacted by changing rain cycles or changing temperatures, and there's just so much to unpack there. I feel like this episode could have gone on for hours talking about the agricultural processes behind wine, and I would love to get to that at some point. But Jen and I focused mostly on how wine is at a basic level produced, and then what kind of labels you see on a lot of wine bottles whenever you are making your own purchases. We talked about how you can make smarter wine purchases and just how to educate yourself a little bit more as a wine buyer. So without further ado, here is Jen. Hi Jen, welcome to Eco Chic. I'm really happy to have you today.
1: Hi Laura, thanks for having me.
0: It is so nice to finally be talking to you. I know we've kind of just been emailing back and forth for a little while. Would you be able to introduce yourself to the audience? Because I'm really, really excited about talking to you today.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Um, Hey, everyone. I'm Jen Bingham. I'm the owner of Cruise Cellars. We're a Tampa wine bar, restaurant, and wine shop. I am a certified sommelier, and Cruise has been in Tampa for eight years now. We have kind of a small neighborhood wine shop, wine bar, restaurant in South Tampa, And then we just opened another location inside the Armature Works building, which is a food hall concept downtown Tampa on the water. So we have a location there as well.
0: Awesome. Could you just really briefly touch on what a sommelier is?
1: Sure. Yeah. A sommelier is basically someone that serves wine and sells wine. And there's, um, there's many different certifications you can get within the sommelier world. Um, Personally, I'm certified through the Court of Master Sommeliers, which is one of the more well-known organizations. If anyone's seen that movie, Mm SOM, it's um, the one where that's the, the Court of Masters where those guys were going for their master sommelier certification. And so I'm certified, which is level two of four. There and then, I've done. There's a ton of other certifications you can get um, through the WSET or the International Sommelier Guild, um, or you can just simply the act of like working on the floor at a restaurant selling wine. You can consider yourself a sommelier as well.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't realize there were so many different levels of the certifications.
1: There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of routes you can go depending on if. Serving wine is important to you, which the Court of Masters is very service-focused. The WSET WSET is less service-focused and a little bit more academic. If you've heard of a master of wine, that's kind of the route you go if you want to become a master of wine. So, yeah, there's a ton of different routes you can go.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for that little background. (coughs) Yeah. Um We are kind of a more environmentally focused podcast here on Ego Chic and I was hoping that we could talk just really briefly about the impacts of wine and the environment and wine as an agricultural product Um, because wine production does impact the environment at all aspects but I think it's a lot of it's something that a lot of people do not always consider an agricultural product primarily Um, so I was hoping that you could just kind of touch on what it means to grow wine what that production cycle looks like.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. wine is definitely an agricultural product, and um, you're right, I think people do forget that. I think a lot of the movements now are kind of reminding us of that, like organic wine production and biodynamic, but um, yeah, wine is grown, and the grapevine is unique compared to other agricultural products in that it thrives in poor soil, so it doesn't want a lot of water. In the, in the vineyard um, you want the roots of the vine to kind of dig down into the soil and grab those nutrients and find that water because if there's too much water in the soil the grape will end up tasting kind of watery hmm. so kind of that idea of um, terroir, if you've heard the word terroir I mean, in, in talking about wine, that just means like a sense of place, so a lot of a lot of us sommeliers and wine drinkers are trying to fine terroir driven wine meaning we can kind of taste where the wine comes from and having less water in in the soil helps with that Um, it's going to make the wine more complex so so many of these small production wineries are actually dry farmed and they're not adding a lot of water Um, but when you talk about more mass-produced wines like grocery store wines they are water is a big part of making those wines and so there's a lot of water usage in those mass-produced wines.
0: That's really interesting. I didn't realize that it was so great to have dry soil for wine production. I feel like it's intuitive when you think about where we think of a lot of vineyards, you know, just on the western coast um, of America. So I think it was, I'm really glad that you touched on that because I really wouldn't have put those two things together. Yeah, Um, And I am really glad that you also mentioned the idea of more natural wines, organic wines, things like that. There are a lot of labels right now surrounding wine, and I was hoping that we could kind of parse apart some of those labels that a lot of people um, might see and be a little intimidated by, or there's a lot of things that aren't necessarily super clear Of what exactly we're buying when it comes to natural quote-unquote green wines. So I was hoping that we could kind of touch a little bit upon um, what the difference is between an organic wine, a biodynamic wine, a natural wine, you know, just sustainable. What do all those things mean and how are they different?
1: Yes, there are a ton of words thrown around and it's confusing I think for even people in the wine industry. So I would love to kind of break those down for you. Um, I guess I would say quickly. First of all, um, and this might not be the first time you hear me say this, it's awesome to find like a local wine merchant in your area that can guide you through these wines um, because there is a lot of there are a lot of labels around these different wines. So, um, and as I'll say, as a, when I start describing all of this, mm-hmm. it's not always clear on the label. So it's really great to find a local wine merchant who can guide you through wines that are in their shop and um you know if they don't know what natural wine is or organic wine is then maybe find a different shop because that's important um
0: thank you for that
1: yeah let's break it down so (laughs) organic wine is basically just um like organic food um it's grown in the vineyards without using any fertilizers or pesticides and then in the winery um nothing is nothing non-organic is added to it either including sulfur in the United States, if a wine is organic, they're not allowed to add sulfur. But in Europe, they are. So that's a difference between European wine and American wine. Interesting. Um, and there's a lot of different, there's um, organic wines like USDA organic wines. And then also something you might see is wines made with organic grapes. It means that the grapes are grown organically, but then in the winery, they are still adding things to the wine that are non-organic, like sulfur.
0: Interesting. And why, why would that be?
1: Adding sulfur, sulfur is a stabilizer, so it's really, really difficult to not add any sulfur. So you don't see a ton of actual USDA organic wines. So sulfur is a stabilizer in the vineyard uh, and the winery. So not adding any sulfur can be... A little bit risky for a wine because it could kind of go bad. It's a preservative, okay. So, so it can be hard for a winery to not add any sulfur. So you don't see you don't see a ton of wineries that are USDA certified organic because it can be kind of a difficult hurdle to overcome. Interesting. In Europe, they are allowed to add some sulfur, so they still could be organic and add sulfur. So that's why in the U.S. you might see more like made with organic grapes instead of USDA organic.
0: Got it. Thank you for clarifying that. I didn't realize that sulfur was um, a stabilizer, but I think that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't really thought about the problems around being organic, certified organic wine. Mm Mhm. And then on the topic of more quote-unquote sustainable wines, not necessarily organic, but what is biodynamic? Because I feel like that's a term that I hear thrown around a lot, and I really don't know what that means when it comes to wine.
1: Yeah, biodynamics is complex as well. Um, It basically takes organic farming to the next level by incorporating some strict agricultural preparations in the vineyard, and then it also has a spiritual aspect um, with different rituals involving the cycles of the moon, so it's kind of it's based on the ideology of Austrian philosopher Rudolf Steiner, who wrote, I think in like the early 1900s, he kind of wrote about this idea of biodynamic farming, and it's kind of looking at the vineyard as its whole little ecosystem, um, kind of having cover crops and even animals and plants living with the vines, so they're all kind of living holistically together, and you don't need fertilizers or pesticides, because everything's kind of just living there in the circle of life together, and regulating each other, so that's kind of the idea of that, and there's a lot of kind of spirituality around it, like I said, they harvest and do different things with the phases of the moon.
0: That's really interesting. That's not something that I would have assumed biodynamic to mean, like just
1: a more... (laughs) Yeah, it's really complex.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. And then I guess um, when it comes to other labels on wine, we see just natural or sustainable pretty often.
1: Um, Sustainable is... I'll I'll leave natural for the end because it's probably the most confusing. Sustainable (laughs) is... um, like if you see lead certified or SIP S I P certified, those are some certifications you can wineries can get if they're sustainable. So sustainable wines may be farmed organically or they may not be, but it's kind of looking at the winery as a whole and saying that they're um, doing things to conserve energy and water, and then also it kind of encompasses how they treat their staff and employees, kind of if, if the winery is socially responsible in general. And so it's kind of a, a bigger certification because it encompasses a lot of different things. But sometimes the wineries will go for that because there's a lot of great things around it. And then also maybe they can't farm completely organically because they, they you know, at the end of the day, they need to bring a wine to market. So mm-hmm. if they need to use a little bit of fertilizer or something, maybe they can't be completely organic, but they're practicing a lot of these sustainable practices Um, and they're not completely organic, but that's a certification that they can get and stand behind.
0: That's interesting. So sustainable is more of like a holistic idea of the winery. It's not necessarily how the grapes are grown.
1: Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. Operate like how the business is operated.
0: Interesting. Okay. I'm really glad that you clarified that. And then natural, is there any other labels besides natural that we should be thinking about when it comes to wine?
1: There's low intervention or minimal intervention, which I think we can touch on at the end. Okay. Because um, it might make more sense after we talk about natural wine. So natural wine, there, there is no real certification or clear definition out there. Unlike organic wines, you can get certified, and there's many different certifications for organic wines. Same with biodynamic. Um, the certification for biodynamic is Demeter. Um, But natural, there's no organization or certification process. So that's why I think there's a lot of confusion around it with consumers and even industry professionals. So you kind of have to trust the the winemaker when you're Mm. talking about natural wine. But basically what it means is nothing added and nothing taken away. So they are taking organic or biodynamic farming in the vineyards to the next level. So they're definitely farming organic or biodynamic. And then also in the winery, they're not adding anything to the wine because there's lots of things you can add to wine. Um, They do add sulfur. Some of them add no sulfur, but a lot of them add a little bit of sulfur, kind of the minimum amount that they need to add. So they have a lot less sulfur added than other conventional wines.
0: That's really interesting. Again, I didn't understand the impact of sulfur when it comes to wine. So I'm glad that we're kind of just talking through. Is there any other stabilizers? Sorry, kind of just a little bit random. Is there any other stabilizers that we should be aware of that are being added to wine?
1: Um, Sulfur, I think, is the main stabilizer. There's so many other things that they can add to wine, like they can add tannin powder to make more tannins in the wine. They can add water or take away water if they want it to be less concentrated or more concentrated, They can add sugar, they can add a lot of different chemicals to manipulate the taste of the wine, basically. And those are all legal things that you can add to wine. They can also add yeasts. Natural wine is a real proponent of natural yeasts or native yeasts. So a lot of conventional wines will just add the yeast because the yeast converts the sugar to alcohol. That's how wine is made. So... Natural wine, they want just kind of the natural occurring yeasts in the winery or from the vineyard to make the wine and make the grapes into wine, whereas conventional wines will add yeasts to the wine.
0: Interesting. Okay. Wow. Thank you for clarifying all of that. That's so interesting. I didn't really thought about um, the addition of yeast, but I think that makes total sense. Again, I don't have an agricultural background, so I feel like a lot of the things that I'm interested in asking about might be like some pretty basic agricultural questions, but (laughs) I'm really glad that we're clarifying all of this because, like we said at the beginning, like a lot of consumers don't see wine as an agricultural product, so I hadn't really thought about all of the different additives that we could have when it comes to wine
1: yeah for sure there is a lot that can be added and you know I'm not a winemaker and I don't I have never worked at a vineyard before so I think you know the regular consumer kind of thinks of wine as you know just grapes and that's what we're drinking but there are a lot of things that they can add to the wine in production but natural wine is kind of what maybe we think of as what wine is it is just the grapes and they're not adding anything to it in the winery
0: yeah that makes total sense Before I let you go, I'm hoping that we could kind of touch on the idea of consumption again and just like how everyday people can make more environmentally conscious purchases when it comes to wine. You know, what is your ideal purchase? Should you be buying natural versus biodynamic or should you just focus on a local wine? Um, Just beyond your grocery store wines, how can we make smarter choices when it comes to our wine purchases?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are so many choices, but I think a few things you could do would be shop at a local wine store instead of a grocery store because you're going to find more small production wines in general that, you know, care about their vineyards and the environment more. So, yeah, finding smaller production wines in general. And then if you want to go to that next level of finding something that's labeled sustainable or organic or biodynamic, you certainly can Something else you could do instead of like making a ton of trips to the store and buying one bottle here and there, you could buy a whole case of wine at a time and you'll get 10% off usually at wine shops for that. So that would be a good way to like kind of make the most out of your trips to the wine shop.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a great point.
1: And then um, you could also experiment with buying wine in cans or boxes. I mean, not grocery store boxed wine, but I don't know if you've seen... The trend of wine in a can this year they yeah. really skyrocketed.
0: Yeah, I have. I have. And I've been interested in that because, again, wine in a can is not something that I would ever think to purchase. But I've been seeing it everywhere, and I feel like kind of the time is now to try it out.
1: Yeah, I think they're kind of fun. I haven't tried any super serious wines in a can yet. But I think most wine, most Americans drink wine now. We're not aging our wine. And so it's a great way to to ship wine, it's going to be a lot lighter than a glass bottle. So that's definitely something fun to try. And boxed wine, too, or wine um, in, like, a cardboard box. I've seen some some other than Franzia available (laughs) in fine wine shops. So, yeah, you could check those type of things out. As far as, like, if natural is better than organic, better than biodynamic, I mean, it's hard to really say. I don't know for sure. But I think seeking out some of those and just trying them would be – beneficial just to see if you like them. Um, just because you're buying what we call fine wine instead of grocery store wine doesn't mean it's going to be that more much more expensive. Um, most of what we have at Crew is from like $10 to $40. So if you want that $2.99 wine, yeah, you're not going to find that. But um, if you can go up into that like $20 range, you're going to have a ton of options.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all of those little tips. I really... that listeners will appreciate that because I just would like to be a little bit more eco-conscious in my own wine purchases. So I feel like it must be an issue that a lot of people are dealing with right now. I hadn't really thought about, again, canned wine, and I'm so glad you brought that up. There's definitely some questions around not necessarily just boxed wine, but also just like corks and should we be thinking about natural corks versus the plastic corks and stuff like that. So there's so many different avenues you can go down when it comes to making really eco-conscious purchases when it comes to wine so i'm really yeah, glad you touched sure. on that if you could where can everyone get in contact with you if they have any more questions if they'd like to visit crew in tampa
1: yeah we're in south tampa on mcdill and um also in downtown tampa in the armature works building and then our website is cruise and we're on instagram and facebook at cruise Sellers. and yeah we'd love to see you
0: Great. Well, thank you so much, Jen. I really appreciated that talk. Things that we purchase all the time, wine is one of them. And I'm so glad that you could share a little bit of insight on that.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jen. I am personally still very excited about how much I learned in that little 20 minute segment. And I can't wait to just continue to educate myself on wine I will have all of her details down below as well as the address for crew sellers on McDill and the Armature Works building down in Tampa. If you're around, you should definitely go by and say hi. I normally like to answer listener questions at this little end portion of the podcast, but this week I didn't get a whole lot of new questions. It was a lot of things that I've answered before, so instead of beating to death the topic of reusable produce bags or personal water footprints, we're just gonna skip that little portion today. However, if you do want to get in contact with me about science or sustainability or anything along those lines, the easiest way is via Instagram DM. I am at Laura e. Diaz. And we also now have an eco-chic podcast Instagram handle, which is really exciting. And if you want to go through and follow, go ahead and do that. I want to thank all y'all for listening. I really appreciate the support and I hope to see you next week.